June 17, 1985. Jackie Johns, a beauty queen from Nixon, Missouri, is waiting tables. She clocks in, she finishes her shift, and she clocks out. Then, she disappears. Immediately, authorities and volunteers alike begin searching. Less than a week later, that search ends. Johns's body is found in Lake Springfield. It's been a hectic but somber day at the Johns residence. Some 300 people have visited here today to offer support and condolences to the family of Jackie Johns, the youngest of four daughters. Jackie left the cafe where she's waited tables for several years shortly before 11 o'clock last night. She was last seen at the 7-Eleven store. Jackie never returned home. Christian County Sheriff Dwight McNeil says the investigation into the death of 21-year-old Jackie Johns is being stepped up. Her car was found this morning on Highway 160, just north of Nixa. Her clothes on the floor, blood stains on the back seat, and a tire jack with traces of blood and human hair in the trunk. From Colorton News in Ozarks Fox, this is Crime Traveler, a look back on criminal acts in the Ozarks and the news investigations that followed them. I'm Heather Lewis. After identifying the body as Jackie's, officials called in more than 200 volunteers who had begun another day of searching. Some 500 volunteers became involved in the search that began Tuesday morning when Jackie's car was found on Highway 160, just north of the cafe where she had worked the night before, and not far from the 7-Eleven store where she was last seen about 11 o'clock talking on the phone. With Johns's body now accounted for, authorities were, for the most part, able to focus on forensics. They started with her car, only to realize another search was soon to be underway. The car contained Jackie's clothes and two types of bloodstains, Jackie's and someone else's, that led authorities to believe a struggle had taken place in the car. Although they say they have no firm suspects in the case, authorities say additional evidence found today at Lake Springfield may help them find Jackie's killer. As the search for her killer continued, Nixa High School hosted her funeral. Colorton newsbeat footage from that day shows the school's basketball court packed with mourning citizens. There are no appropriate victims for murder, but when her killer chose Jackie Johns, he could hardly have touched more people in Nixa than if he'd taken someone from everyone's family. In reporting this story, we found no one who had a bad word to say about Jackie Johns, and far too many people who say their lives will be all the more empty because she's no longer part of them. Following the funeral, not a lot happened for some time. Months passed as the person responsible remained unaccounted for. It's been four months since the body of Jackie Johns was found in Lake Springfield after an extensive search by several law enforcement agencies. Since her death, state, county, federal and city officials have been involved in the case. Today, authorities say a grand jury will be called to go over evidence and question people who may have information about Jackie Johns' death. I believe that I can say without exaggeration that this has been one of the most exhaustive investigations in the history of Southwest Missouri. Eventually, investigators made progress. Arrested on a felony charge of tampering with evidence yesterday was this man, 27-year-old Gerald Carnahan of rural Greene County. Authorities in Los Angeles told Newsbeat Carnahan was arrested in connection with a murder rape in this area. Christian County Sheriff Dwight McNeil says the arrest stems from statements made during a June 22nd interview about the Johns case. Does his arrest have anything to do with the Jackie Johns murder? 
Well, Mr. Carnahan uh, had been interviewed during the course of that investigation. The warrant specifies only that he was arrested uh, and charged uh, with making false statements during the course of a homicide investigation. The reporter you hear interviewing Sheriff McNeil there, that's Peter Bernard. In making this podcast, we reached out to him to get a behind-the-scenes look at what it was like covering this story all those years ago. We asked Peter, personally, if he had any hunch about Carnahan, even with Sheriff McNeil unable to give away too much information at the time. I will tell you, in reviewing the video, I could see in the sheriff's eyes that he knew a lot more than what he was telling us. For a while there, it was just tampering with evidence. And then, and the reporters were saying, well, does this have anything to do with the Jackie Johns case? And you could just tell there was almost like a glimmer, like he lifted his eye a little bit. He was kind of telegraphing to us, yeah, it is, but I can't tell you right now. Those statements were made during the initial stages of Jackie John's uh, uh, investigation, and uh, that's all we're going to say at this point, nothing more. Carnahan later got out on a $75,000 bond, and around that same time, the grand jury continued its investigation. Eventually, the jury issued indictments. About 20 indictments so far have been handed down, all but one unrelated to Jackie Johns. But it is that investigation that has a lot of people wondering, will the Johns case be wrapped up this week also? With no further arrests made, many saw the investigation headed toward a close. Jackie's parents, less than surely, weren't giving up. One year later, her family clings to memories of Jackie and to hopes that her killer or killers will be found. Uh, Twelve months ago, when I think I was interviewed out here in the front yard, and I made a statement, I mean, this was probably the second week or so. And I said, well, it started out at hours, and then days, and then weeks, and then months, and it'll be years. So it's reality now. Starting tomorrow, it'll be years. Bernard, now decades removed from his career in journalism, still remembers interviewing Johns' family at that moment back when conclusions seemed so far out of reach. It's really hard. I, I will say that back in those times, I didn't have a wife and kids, so um, my empathy level was probably a little less than it should have been. Um, now, uh, having been done, been a reporter for 40 years, I found that using empathy and uh, trying to get into their minds about things helped me, helps me in my reporting career. That, that poor dad was such a, um, a sincere individual, um, the mom too, I know she has uh, since died. Um, it, it's really hard to sit there and, and it's hard to fathom losing someone in such a violent way like that. That father really held up all those times that we spoke to him and he made himself available to the media. You could tell he wanted to keep this story going so that they caught that killer. A year and a half has passed now, and still no one has been charged with the murder. Discouragement only grew as time passed. By 1986, Les Johns was heartbroken. I think we've all let Jackie down. That's, I think I have terribly. The family has. The authorities have. The community has. And that's why I can't sleep at night, because I feel like I have let Jackie down. It wasn't until 2010 that we'd see his hope restored. I was afraid I wouldn't live till I saw this day, but I did. No, and I don't. But I'm going to live another 20 years now. Les Johns says he remembers the last time he saw his daughter Jackie alive. It would be in the days following that his worst nightmare would come true. Now, after years of waiting for answers, an arrest. This afternoon at 4:30, the Greene County Prosecutor's Office filed the following following felony charges against Gerald R. Carnahan. 
Class A felony of murder in the first degree. Gerald Carnahan was long suspected in the Jackie Johns murder investigation, and some witnesses even claim he admitted to the crime. But it wasn't until the Highway Patrol reopened the case last October that the pieces of this puzzle began to fit together. With solid evidence finally in hand, Greene County prosecutors were gearing up for a trial. And based upon the persistence of those law enforcement officers and the evolution of science, we are now in a position to bring, we believe, uh, the person responsible for the, these crimes to the bar of justice. Detectives say a swab of Carnahan's DNA taken just yesterday was tested and matched DNA taken from the crime scene back in 1985. It's a break that John's family has been praying for. Would you like to see him get the death penalty, sir? Sure, and I can turn the switch or I can shoot him right between the eyes. Only one person in this world I hate, and that's him. That's all. There'll be no closure, though. There's no such thing as closure. It'll be, it'll be on your mind, as far as I'm concerned, till the day you die. It's on your mind every day. Carnahan's trial began in 2010 with Greene County Prosecutor Daryl Moore working on behalf of the state of Missouri, defending Carnahan, D. Wampler. Witnesses cannot remember. Uh, they deny what they've said in sworn statements. I would submit that considering the age of this case, it is in some respects a, a case that is better than many other cases I've tried that may be, have been more recent. Many people who are alive in this community in 1985 when this happened, this was one of the most horrendous things that ever happened. The case has spanned Daryl Moore's entire career in the prosecutor's office. I had just been an assistant in the office since 83. This happened in 85. And now we're finally to the point where we will try it some 25 years later. For days, a jury watched as Moore resurfaced preserved evidence and requested the preserved memories of those called to the stand. The court also heard from former Highway Patrol Trooper Tom Martin. He processed the belongings and evidence found in Jackie John's car. He found blood on the seats and on her clothes. Those same clothes were shown in the courtroom as evidence. 25 years later, the shirt and bra still have blood stains. Her sisters turned away when a picture of John's body floating face down in Lake Springfield was shown. A third witness was grilled by the defense. Alan Wallard, a former co-worker of Gerald Carnahan, says he saw Carnahan's pickup at the English Village Trailer Park in Nixa, adjacent to the 7-Eleven convenience store where Johns was last seen alive. Wallard made an anonymous call to Crime Stoppers about 10 days later to say he thought Carnahan was involved in the crime. The defense attempted to discredit Wallard's testimony by pointing out seven times he lied to investigators and also asking him to admit he used to be a recreational drug user. Finally, after years of investigation and a contentious trial, Carnahan was convicted. Jackie's oldest sister Janice says the gruesome death destroyed her family, knowing a daughter and sister was taken away too soon. But today, three years after Gerald Carnahan was charged with raping and murdering Jackie Johns, he's once again wearing handcuffs. We were afraid that it wasn't going to come out, you know, that way, but finally did. They got him, you know, and so now then he won't kill anybody else. Jurors spent two days weighing the evidence, leaving families wondering what was the holdup? Sure, I was nervous. Um, I kept trying to tell myself and the family that uh, we're dealing with a 25-year-old case. Uh, there are many complications. Deborah McLaughlin served as the jury's foreman. She says initially the jurors were split right down the middle, six to six. The DNA was the linchpin. DNA evidence taken from Jackie's body during her autopsy, and the defense questioned how well it had been preserved over 25 years. You take one of these diet sugars, that's one gram. You take it and divide it into one billion pieces, 
and it wasn't even one billionth of a piece. I am confident justice was done. Color 10 News reporters are there with less when he hears the news. Hello. Yeah, what do you think now? Life without parole. <laughs> His modest mobile home looks much the same, but 83-year-old Les Johns looks much different than he did all those years ago. Jackie's mother died three years after Jackie did, always wondering. But Les John says he was ready for any verdict today, sharing with reporters a conversation he had with prosecutor Daryl Moore. Daryl sat over there and I said, Daryl, I've got a funny feeling we're going to lose this deal. He said, now Les, he said, I think I've got the strongest case I've ever had. Clearly it was a happy day for Les Johns. Finally in the home where Jackie Johns never slept again, Les might finally sleep a little easier. Crime Traveler is a Color 10 News and Ozarks Fox podcast. For exclusive video from the Color 10 News archive related to this story and others, go to ozarksfirst.com slash crime traveler. Our producer is A.J. Davidson. Our executive producer is Colin Lingo. Our research team is Eric Redis and Lisa Hamblin. I'm Heather Lewis. Thank you for listening.